us here at Triumph for almost a decade, Pastor Tim Estes has served as a member of our Council of Elders. Our Council of Elders is a group of ordained ministers who are our accountability. And they are not just accountability, but advice. You know, the Bible says in a multitude of counsel, there is safety. And so uh, we, several years ago, formed a, a group of ordained ministers that serve in that capacity for us, that are here for us um, individually and corporately as a church. And uh, Pastor Till Mestis has served on that committee for almost a decade faithfully. He's received a lot of phone calls from me through the years and um, been there as a helping hand. And he uh, and his wife, Tricia, come. They pastor a great church in Salem Springs, Arkansas. Don't hold that against them. They're on the wrong side of the Sioux Piggy River. Um, but um, a powerful church in Salem Springs, Arkansas that he pastors. And not only that, they've been our friend. They've been our friend for many years. When I married into my wife's family, I had the opportunity to meet these these wonderful folks. They were long time and are long time family friends of Raylene's, and um, my life has been enriched by their friendship. Um, we have spent hours together laughing and hours together crying, and it is an honor to have pastors uh, Tim and Trisha Estes from Salem Springs, Arkansas, and he's going to be speaking to us today. And so uh, put your seatbelt on, you're in for a joyride. So here comes Pastor Tim. Pastor Tim, we're glad to have you, man. Everybody stand and let's welcome Pastor Tim Estes to the pulpit today. You love Pastor Rob and Raylene. Let's give them some love this morning. I love these people. We do go a long way back and we'll kind of draw a curtain of charity around most of that and save that for another day. But I'm honored, Trisha and I are honored to be here with you this morning. Thank you for taking the time out to let us speak with you and into your lives just a little bit. It's a pleasure to serve this church because we believe in it. We believe in your leaders and uh, it's just great to do life with people that you love and we love these people. We love each of you. We're kind of sister churches really. We do a lot of things together. Uh, throughout the summer months, and uh, and it's just great to be here. Thank you for letting us come and, and share. I want to be an encouragement to you this morning. Uh, have you ever been to a church service when you left? You felt worse when you left than when you came? Uh, I've been to some of those when you walked out. It's like, dear Lord, deliver us to the buffet line. I'm sick of this, you know. But it's great when you feel lifted up and encouraged, and uh, you walk out of here feeling like you can take on hell with a broom straw. Uh, so that's what I want to do today is lift you up and encourage you because you're doing a great work here, and I want you to continue that. I want to help in any way, and we do stand by to serve this church in any way that we can. Now, not as young as we used to be, when I hear about being on an elder board, that concerns me a little bit because I remember how I used to look at people who were 40 and 50 when I was the age of some of these, and I thought, those people are so out of touch, so out of date, they don't have a clue What's going on? Now that I'm 50, I'm thinking, what was I thinking? Because I still feel like I can do the warrior dash. Even though when you get in mud that deep, there's another story to it. 
but uh, love this church. Somebody said, by the time a man is wise enough to watch his step, he's too old to go anywhere. And maybe that's how it is. <laughs> Praise God. Let's just pray a second together. Can we do that and invite God to open our hearts? Father, thank you for this today, and thank you for the privilege of standing here. I thank you for the leadership and the love that I feel in this, in this house. I pray your blessing upon it. Tonight, today, Lord, as I share your word, I pray for anointing both on my ability and the hearer to connect that we might receive this deeply in our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 So uh, they usually give me some water at church when I preach. And I'll drink on it, and then they'll bring it back to second service. And people kind of watch and see how far I drank to see how long I preached. You know, if you come in and it's about that full, they're like, uh-oh, we're in for a long one. So the other day, uh, I got up to preach, and someone had a Barbie water bottle. And literally, they brought a water bottle and set it up here about that tall, <laughs> as if to drop me a hint, you know. Well, I got wind of the fact that they were going to do that, and I had a little surprise for them. And as soon as they set that up there, I had somebody bring out a two-liter and set it right there. <laughs> so... You're in luck today. There's no two-leader, so we'll get you out of here in time. I do want to read to you a passage of Scripture from Romans 8 that is so familiar. Most of you know this by heart, or you've heard it preached from, but I'm going to act like you've never heard it, and I'm going to preach it anyway. Is that all right? Three of you. I'll do it for you three. Okay. Is that okay? Good. I'd like to hear you preach with me. Romans 8 and 28, for we know that God causes all things to work together. For good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. In other words, God is conforming us every day. He's making us more and more like Jesus. So that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he justified. And these... Whom he justified, he also glorified. I see a process at work in that passage that's going to culminate with our glorification on the other side. Uh, Verse 31, but what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? How many has ever heard this passage before? Have you heard that? It's a great passage. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for all of us, how will he not also with him freely give to us everybody say all things and I want you to miss that text right there because what God is saying is if I was willing to give you my son my greatest gift then I'm going to also give you everything you need to get through this life amen so he's not going to just start you on your journey he's going to complete what he started in your life and I'm glad about that let's jump down to verse 37 for the sake of time All of that is such fertile reading, but I'll I'll read verse 37. In all of these things, we we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Today I'm going to speak to you from this thought of three unstoppable truths. Three unstoppable truths. I'm going to bring to you three things, very simple things, 
that I've lived in my own life that in moments when it felt like that I couldn't move forward or that life had gotten my back against the wall to the degree that there was no use fighting on, these three things that I'm going to share with you today literally caused me to hold on and to continue to believe in in what God had called me to do. And the first thing is this, if you're taking notes, just three quick things. The first is this, I am called. Everybody say, I am called. I want you to understand that you're living for the Lord today is not an accident. You're not here by happenstance, but you're here because God called you here. The only reason any of us are in the church today, the only reason any of us are saved is because the Holy Spirit drew us. The scripture says, no man cometh to the Father except the Spirit draws him. There was an awakening in our hearts that caused us to wake up and believe that God had something greater for us, that we weren't going to live in a world of sin and just dwindle our way to hell, but that God arrested our lives and set us on a new path and said, I've got a great life for you to live, and I'm calling you to that life. We've been called to that. And, and so as we walk in this life, we understand and feel and sense along the way that continual pull of the Holy Spirit. I want you to feel that as you walk with God, that you feel the calling and the tug of the divine on your nature and upon your heart. The scripture says in Romans eleven twenty nine that the gifts and the callings of God are, are without repentance. Do you know that God can repent? The scripture says that God has changed his mind a time or two. When he started to, to, to bring wrath or judgment to somebody's life, he repented. He thought differently about it. But what he says here is, when I called you, I will never, ever repent of that thought. This is from God's perspective, that God will never take back the calling and say, oops, I made a mistake about calling you into the kingdom and putting you to work in the gospel work. Uh, I'm going to change my mind about that and let you go. As long as God exists, and that's eternally That call that he has on your life will always be intact. Praise God. And so as you walk in this life, God begins to talk to you and talk to me in a number of ways. Let me tell you one of the ways that he speaks to you is through these great pastors that God has placed over you. Pastors Rob and Raylene are amazing people. They are scholarly people. And I just got to say that you are blessed to sit under their teaching And to listen to them week after week, break apart the Word of God and share that with your life. Do you feel blessed to be a part of this church? I I would be if I were you. I would be blessed to be here. But not only do you learn from their teaching, but the Lord spoke to me early this morning to say this to you as well. You also learn from their learning. I want you to think about that a second. You learn from their teaching what God has shown them, but you also learn from their learning. It is, a, it is a misnomer to think that preachers and leaders and those who bring the Word of God um, have been brought down to earth divinely and imparted supernatural things every day and that every day they wake up, uh, the Holy Spirit is just giving them tingles from the head to their toes and, and that they never have a bad day and life is spectacular all the time. That's not the truth. As a pastor, I can tell you that we go through the same things that you go through. You deal, we deal with life just like you deal with life. You say, why is that important? Because as you follow a man of God and his wife, you're also learning from, from their learning. They're learning as they go through life. Uh, just today I learned that Pastor Rob's father has passed away. And, and he's dealing with the grief of that and will in the coming days. And, and you'll watch that and you'll learn from how they go through life. 
Trisha and I are expecting any time to have a phone call that we're going to have our first grandbaby any moment. Hallelujah. I'm not ashamed to be called a grandpa. So I told him if, if we get the call during the service and you see us hit the door, they'll just say, Elvis has left the building. We're gone to get our grandbaby. But life unfolds and things happen and you watch these leaders and you learn from their learning. Here's what I know about your pastors. Uh, they're, they're not just copycatting other churches up and down the block, but they are listening to God. They are following closely to the Word of God. And when they do that, you should follow close to them. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So not only are they teaching, but they're being taught. Not only are they shepherds, but they're being shepherded as well. Christ is the chief shepherd. This is the under-shepherd. And so they're walking along their journey. And you get to watch that. You get a front row seat to what God is doing in their life. And he brings to you this understanding that these are not ordinary people, but they're called people. And there are people called to the kingdom for such a time as this. Can I drill down there just for a moment? If a person calls himself or herself into ministry, they're not going to last very long in this day. There's a lot of pressure that comes with leading people. More than they ever let you know. And I'll say it for them because they can't say that. Behind the scenes, the pressure, the stress, the dealing with people, the tears, and things that they deal with on a weekly basis is more than meets the eye. Here's the point. If a person was going to call themselves into ministry and kind of look down the vocational chart and say, hmm, do I want to be a teacher? Do I want to work for the railroad? Do I want to be a veterinarian? Or do I want to be a preacher? And suppose they settle on preacher. They wouldn't last 15 minutes when the fires and the pressures of ministry come on. They would be gone. But when I see people like this that go through the fire and week after week and month after month and year after year, they just stay put and stay hooked up. You know what that says to me? These people are called. They're called according to the purpose of God. And I want you to know I love and respect the leaders that you have in this house. When I think about Elijah and Elisha, I think about the mantle of the Lord and how that God uh, placed that mantle on Elisha. Elisha was just plowing along one day, and Elijah comes by and throws that mantle on him. Well, the mantle is significant of anointing. And so when the anointing came upon him, it radically changed his life. And that's what happens when you're called. Something happens in your life, and you're radically changed. When you read about Elisha's story, here's what happened. He's plowing along, the anointing comes upon him, and he says, man, everything's different starting right now. He broke apart his plow that he was plowing with. He used it to build a fire, the tinder for a fire. He slew the animals that he was plowing with and, and made that a sacrifice to the Lord and then began to serve to the community the, the meat of those animals. So, Man, I see so much parallel when the call of God comes on a life. That person leaves their vocation. They say, I'm not ever returning to this. And I'm going to use my life sacrificially to serve the living God. And I pray today that while I'm preaching, and I love to see so many young people here today. You guys are incredible. And I love that your church caters to them. Because if we're going to have a church tomorrow, we have to invest in young people today to catch this anointing and get what we're talking about. Amen. Point number two, let's move along. I want you to know that, that, that you were called, and then I want you to know this, and I think it's so important, that, that he cares. One of the most powerful truths that I've ever known in my life is to know that God cares about me. 
We know that God is all-knowing. He is omniscient. But it's one thing to know, and it's another thing to care. It's like people driving down the highway, and they see an accident, and everybody rubbernecks, and everybody knows that there's a wreck, but it's that special person that stops their car and gets out beside the road and gets down in the ditch and begins to work with and help to restore life. Well, listen, God knows about our lives, but he doesn't just know us from a distance and say, look at those poor pitiful creatures that I made down there. The Lord came down to where we are. He walked with humility among us and said, not only am I going to know them, but I'm going to care about them. Somebody say, he cares. I want you to feel that because that's one of the things that will keep you when you feel like you can't move another inch or can't go forward. And I want to readdress it in your hearing today just for a few minutes to tell you that, again, God gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. When I read about that, it makes me to know that God is going to love us and to cherish us. Those are some of the things that we talk about in our marriage vows, to love and to cherish. And so God didn't just love us, but he cherishes us. I heard the leader today saying that God sings over us. He delights in us. God is looking upon Triumph Church. And and I think from time to time, he calls angels around and says, I want you to look down here. I want you to listen to that. These are my people. I love these people. I delight in who they are and the work that they're doing in that part of the world. The scripture tells us that the hairs of our head are numbered. Have you ever read that before? The hairs of your head are numbered. You said, that's, why, why would that scripture even be in the Bible? I'll tell you why it's there. So you can know just how intimately God loves you. Yeah. Now, God's having to count fewer and fewer hairs every day on me. But he still counts them. And he knows, well, why would that matter? Because God loves us more than men love us. God cares more deeply than any human could possibly care about you. And that keeps me connected because I know God cares about us. The sparrows that, that uh, drive us crazy this time of year, making nests and making messes and all of that. God says, hang on just a second. The sparrows are something that I take notice of. That I'm not so far off and aloof that I miss that. In fact, I'll come down and attend the funeral of a sparrow if, if need be. God cares about the sparrow so much so that he doesn't have to toil. He doesn't have to, to, to raise his own crop. But God says, I'm going to take care of him. And when the sparrow gets hungry, I'll blow a little grain off of a feed truck somewhere so that that little sparrow can have something to eat beside the road. And then he said, if God cares about the sparrow that much, how much more does God care about his own children, you and me, and and especially when we get together as a church, I believe God says, I'm going to take care of those people and meet every need in their lives. Amen. God loves you. He cares about you. He cares about this church. He cares about your pastors. He cares about your children. When you kneel down and pray over your children, some of them may not be saved, but you're not talking to a God with, without hearing and without feeling, but God loves your babies more than you could possibly even know. It. Isn't that a comforting feeling? Oh, yeah. I read about a man who was part of a construction crew, and they were trying to make room for a road and buildings, and, and they were bulldozing down these giant trees. And while they were doing it, the construction foreman noticed that there was a bird nest up in one of those trees. And so he, he stopped the construction and he marked that tree and he said, we're not going to doze this tree down. It, it's got a nest full of babies in it. 
And so the, they, they worked around that tree for a while. And finally, when the fledglings had, had left the nest and the superintendent was lifted up in a bucket truck and looked down in the nest to be sure, and they were all gone. And they said, okay, we can, we can, let this, uh, we can take this tree out now. So they, they cut the tree down. And when the tree fell, the nest, of course, fell apart from the tree. And, and they noticed that the hen who had made the nest had actually used all sorts of things to make the nest, including a little scrap of paper from a Sunday school class. And, and, and so the superintendent went over and picked up that little paper out of the nest that had fallen out of that nest. And the wording on the paper says, He careth for you. I got a word for somebody this morning. When it feels like your world is shaking, you have a heavenly Father up above that cares so deeply for you. I don't know why I feel to tell you that this morning. I just want you to know God is in our midst. He loves you. He cares for you. He is protective of you. This church is in the keeping of Almighty God. Let me tell you how far I believe it. When Saul, who later was Paul, the New Testament writer, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, his conversion is one of the most amazing things in all of the Bible. How many's read about Saul, who's going along, he's going to kill the Christians, right? He's stricken down, and a great light from heaven shines upon his, on his face. He is, he is laying there on the ground. I can see him writhing in the dust. And, and he asks this question. He says, who art thou, Lord? And here's what Jesus says. He says, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. That's the King James Version. I am Jesus, who you are messing with, is what he said. Well, well. Saul wasn't messing with Jesus. He was messing with the Christians. But here's the point. Jesus took it so personally that while Saul was messing with the people, he said to Saul, you're really messing with me. Because here's the point. When you mess with God's people, you're really messing with God himself. Messing with God himself. One place in the Bible, in the Old Testament, says that I've made you the apple of my eye. The apple of my eye. What does that mean? Well, that's the pupil of your eye. And if there's any place on your body that has nerves that are sensitive, man, it's your eye. I mean, if I were to ask you right now, everybody take your glasses off and touch your eye, you're going to have trouble doing that. And here's why. Because of the defense system of your body, your eyelids are going to start batting and trying to keep that finger out of your eye. And if somehow you held your eyelid down and touched that eye, some of your eyes are watering now just talking about it, right? If you touched your eye, your eyes are going to start watering that's sensitive. And that's what God's saying. I've made you the apple of my eye. That if somebody dares to touch you, it's like somebody sticking their finger in the eye of God. And God says, don't you know I'm going to take notice when, when my people that I love are messed with or somebody tries to harm them. All I'm trying to say today, church, is that God loves you. Yeah. And he cares for you. And sometimes that's the thing that keeps us connected. It isn't. It is a truth that is amazing to behold. The third thing I want to bring in your hearing this morning is this. Not only are you called, and not only does God love you, but we can do this. So here's what I'm saying to you. I'm called, I'm cared for, and we can do this. Would you just touch somebody and say, we can do this? We can do this. We can do this. The miracle tandem of heaven is, is that God cannot get the work of earth done without you and me. Oh, I suppose he could, but he has chosen. He's limited himself 
to come down to earth and work through mortal vessels like you and I to get the work of the kingdom done in the earth. And to me, that's one of the most profound things that I've ever considered in all of my life, that God would use you and me to reach this world. Isn't that awesome? And so he reaches a hand to say, join me in a partnership to reach the world. I want you to look at Mark chapter 16 and verse 20. Mark 16 and 20, and this, this is a, a great verse of scripture. These are the disciples. They went out and preached everywhere. While the Lord worked with them. I want you to notice that. Everybody say, the Lord worked with them. Come on, let's say it one more time. The Lord worked with them, and he confirmed the word by the signs that followed. One of the reasons I know this church is right on track, because I see the work of God in your lives. I see the work that is going on. And thank God we don't have to be perfect to be part of his kingdom. But he's working on us. He's molding us. And every day we change a little more, conform more and more into the image of his son. He's working on our lives. But I found out that God wants so much to to partner with us to get the work of God done. Now let me tell you that I understand Uh, the transition over the last decade that this church has been through. And the reason I know it so well is that our church walked along with you at the same time. We've been transitioning away. And that's what I love about your pastors is they looked into the Word of God and said, we're not willing to to stay locked into denomination with all due respect to that. We want to follow the plan of God, what God has for us. We have bigger dreams and bigger horizons that God is going to work with us. Well, let me tell you, God is doing that. And he's going to continue to work with Triumph Church and bring people in the doors of this church like you've never seen in all of your life. Because God cares and he's working with you. I want to encourage you this morning. Back in some of the darkest days of our own lives... Uh, this passage of scripture, if God be for us, who can be against us, became a reality for us. Now, I have to confess, this is one of those passages that we used to preach at a camp meeting or a youth rally or a place where if you've got two minutes to get people fired up, that's the verse you use, man. If God be for us, who can be against us? People get excited about that. But it's got to become more than just a verse you shout about. It's got to be like when you're in the warrior dash, huh? And you're trying to work your way through the muck. And now you're not running anywhere. You're doing your best to uh, put one foot ahead of the next and get get through the day. And your, your church feels like it's up against the wall. And my God, what is going on? You have to remember that God cares and God is for you and he's working with you. And now if God be for us. Who can be against us? It's one of those things that keeps you through the day when nothing else will. You have it in your mind. Hey, God, you're the one who called me to this. And if you're the one who called me to this, then you're the one that's going to get us through this. Come on, somebody. God is able to get us through it all. Some of our darkest times when we didn't know what was going to happen. And I I shared with the first service that when we transitioned 12 years or so ago, we had more people going out the door than was coming in the door. Now, if you've never had that blessed opportunity, you know, that'll change your life right there. You're trying to sell a vision, trying to believe God for great revival, and every time you preach, more people leave than come in. That'll bless your heart. And it'll also give you heartburn. 
It'll keep you awake at night. It'll cause you to call your pastor friends and say, my God, what am I doing? But you've got this call, and you know you're called, and you know he cares, and you know somehow or another he's going to work with us to get this thing done, and so you just keep on preaching. So what we did was we had these, we used to have a lot of this greenery in the church and these big false trees and so we took out this section and we took out this section in our church and all we had was this section and we took the big green trees and we jammed them against the sides so that we would sort of hide the empty space true story I mean it's kind of like worshiping in a rainforest it was great <laughs> and so we would come in we would all sit in this center section and I would just put on my blinders to the fact that all of these are empty and I still believe that God's called me to this and God has a vision and God has a plan and we started preaching and pretty soon the last one walked out and people started coming in and where'd you come from I don't know we were just driving along saw your church felt like the Holy Spirit wanted us to come here welcome come on in hallelujah and the next thing you know more and more people and, and it started growing and we started watching God do some amazing things. I'm not going to tell you it was easy in the midst of it. I'm going to tell you in those dark times, you have to hang on to a promise in God's word and say, even though I don't see it happening right now, I believe it's going to happen. Am I helping you this morning? I want to encourage you this morning. When we didn't have a penny to, to, to do anything extra in our church, and I, I remember it well. Uh, I was seeking the Lord. I said, God, I just need a little sign from you that we're on the right track. Would you just show some goodness? Give us, give us a little love here. And so this guy came to our church, and he said, you know, we're about to start a construction project a couple of blocks over. And so we're going to have lots of, of topsoil and landfill that we need to go somewhere with. And said, uh, I just wonder if your church could use it. Well, as a matter of fact, we needed a lot of fill where we were going to build a church one day. And I said to the guy, yeah, absolutely. Is it, how much do you have? He said, bro, I got a lot of it. I'm like, bring it on. And, and how many of you know you got to pay for that stuff, right? Normally you do. Well, they started bringing truckloads of it. And I'm talking truckload and truckload. And Trish can tell you, we would stand there inside the door of our church with our mouths hanging open as six, seven, eight dump trucks at a time were backed up there unloading beautiful field dirt for our property and then the guy said and said pastor we're going to come and bring a bulldozer and a road grader we're going to take care of all of that for you would that be all right I'm like man that'd be great and do you know that we calculated somewhere around two hundred thousand dollars worth of landfill that they brought with their trucks and their fuel and their bulldozers and just put it all out there beautifully while we just stood there and said thank you lord we're trusting you we're standing on your promises and we watched them do the work it wasn't all easy there were times that we were having our own financial difficulty and so i decided i'm going to go back to work and I was just looking for any kind of a job. Well, I heard on the radio somebody needing a, a carpenter's helper. And I'm like, well, I've built a couple things, doghouse, whatever. Let's do this, right? I called him up. He said, yeah, man, it's just 10 bucks an hour. I said, okay, I'll take it. 10 bucks an hour. Well, that's, that's not a lot of money. So I took it. And then he broke the news to me. Oh, yeah, and it's 50 miles north of where you live. I'm like, you know, by the time I drive there and back, I don't know if I'm making any money or not. At least I'm staying out of my wife's way. So, uh, the, so one, one Wednesday night, this guy said, Pastor, I'd like to say something in the service. And I said, sure, go ahead. He said, 
I was driving my motorcycle down the street, and he said, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. All you bikers know that the Holy Spirit is near while you're riding your motorcycle, right? Spoke to me and said, this motorcycle is not yours. And he said, well, Lord, whose is it? He said, this motorcycle is Pastor Tim's. Hallelujah. I'm like, are you serious? He said, yes, Pastor. And he said, I have your motorcycle right outside this door. And they rolled up the door and they pulled that motorcycle right into the church. He didn't know it, but that was my transportation back and forth to work to save us money. And God had answered that prayer. I'm talking little by little. You just have to know that you're called. And you have to believe in this so much that the the situation you're in will not dictate how you respond. And so here we are. And and so I said, Lord, we really need like $5,000 to meet the bills and to go forward. and, And we need it like pretty soon, Lord. In just a day or two, the phone rings. A lady says, I'd like to take you to breakfast. I'm always up for breakfast and lunch and everything in between, right? You can tell by looking. And so we, we went to breakfast, and she had a little envelope. That, and when we sit down, she just put it right up there against the ketchup and the mustard, you know. And, and I'm kind of, hey, hey, I'm wanting to dig into this envelope. What, what in the world? We had breakfast, and finally when it was over, she didn't even mention it until it was all over, and she pulled this envelope. She said, when you get home, I want you to open this up. The Lord told me to do this. So I took this envelope. I got home and I opened it up. And there's post-dated checks for exactly $5,000, just what I had prayed for. And she said, the Lord just laid that on my heart. Do you think for a second that's coincidence? I don't think so. I think the Holy Spirit spoke to her about the need of his people that he cared about and said, I'm going to reach out and use somebody to bless your life because I'm right in the middle of what you're doing. I'm preaching all this today to tell you conflict and opposition and frustration has always been the context in which miracles take place in the church. I'm not going to preach to you today that there won't be more opposition or more conflicts because as long as there's been a preacher, Noah had people who were mocking him. Nehemiah had Sanballat and Tobiah who said, come on down from the wall. But uh, there's always been people like you and me who stood up and said, it doesn't matter what they say. We're going to keep preaching and reaching and loving and serving and giving until we see the miracle of God come to pass right here in our midst. Come on, give Jesus praise with me this morning. In fact, you can stand with me because I'm, I'm out of time. And I just want to lift you up today. Do you know the Bible says this? It was the Lord who added to the church daily such as should be saved. If you didn't hear anything else, hear what I'm saying right here. Literally, you don't have to build the church here in, what do you call this, Glenpool? Mounds, Glenpool, somewhere in between. South Tulsa County. That's right, because you're going to be a regional church. You don't have to build it, because the Lord said this, I will build it. He he told Peter, he said, upon this rock, I will build. Somebody say, I will build. Jesus said, I'm going to take the responsibility for the building. I will build my church. The Bible said, and the Lord added to the church daily. Such as should be saved. Here's what I want you to know, and this is a word from God to you, is that God already knows the people out there in your community who he's about to draw into your house. He already knows them. He's already got a mark targeted, and he's saying, I've just prepared these people because at the right time, I'm going to bring them into this house.
Now, I believe that with everything in my being. And if I didn't believe that, I'd probably go crazy. Because, because, and I'm taking a little extra time here. I, I go to conferences, and I know your pastor does too. And I see these great ministries. And I see these amazing edifices. And I see these great people that look so pretty. And the preachers with big bulging muscles. And they're so cool. And, and I'm like, God, I don't, I don't think I can be that. I, I, you know, where I live, people have problems. Where I live, Lord, we don't make a lot of money. Where I, where I live, Lord, we, you know, it's, it, it don't look like that. And God says, that's right. And if I had wanted you to pastor that church, I would have qualified you for there. But I qualified you for here. And these people. And this time. And so I'm going to use you for now. And what God is saying is I'm going to bring the people. I've, I'll add to the church. I'll build the church. I just want you to rest today in God. To know that He knows where you are. He cares for you. And God is going to keep bringing people through your doors that you can't even imagine. Would you receive that this morning? He's going to take the responsibility. And I know the world is crazy. And I know there's a lot of preachers that are naysayers. Because I don't know what ISIS is going to do next, right? But I want to look in the eyes of young people today and tell you, you don't have to fold your tents or be worried and say, oh my God, I see panic in the eyes of the elders. No, 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 no. We don't know what's going to happen in the world, but I can tell you this, God's got it all in control, and He's going to take care of you, and He's going to take care of me. Are you receiving that today? I don't know who the next president's going to be. If it's going to be a him or a her. If he's going to have short hair or a big old comb over. I don't know. And it really doesn't matter, because we're not serving them. We're serving the one who spoke the mountains into existence. Who hung the, curtain, the clouds like a curtain and meted out the waters in the palm of his hand. That's who we're serving. And he's got Triumph Church right there as well. And he's going to take care of you this morning. Hallelujah. Would you just close your eyes where you're standing. And I want to pray over you today. Maybe some of you are facing a a difficult situation in your own life. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your finances. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a physical problem or maybe it's a depression. But I want to tell you today that our God sees where you are and He knows where you are and He cares about where you are and He will come to where you are. He's not going to leave us hopeless or helpless. He's not going to abandon us on this journey. He's going to take us all the way through. Father, I'm just praying right now for somebody in this room who's believing you for some situation. If I'm praying for somebody right now with every eye closed and you're just saying, God, I, I need to trust you a little more for a situation, would you just lift your hand up so God can see it? Wow. Keep them coming. Keep them up. Keep them up. God, look at these hands right now. Oh, these people are just saying today, there's some situations beyond our control, but we're trusting in you. Lord, some trust in horses and some in chariots, but we remember the name of our God. And we know that you're enough. And we believe with all of our heart that you called us. You called us. We're not here by accident. Father, we know for sure that you care about our lives. 
Father, we also know because we've read the back of the book that we're going to win, that you're going to see us through, that we're going to be more than conquerors no matter what comes our way, that the more they try to trample the church underfoot, the more they're going to fan the flames of revival right here in our church, right here in our community. And we're going to believe you for it, God. We're going to thank you that the opposition is going to be broken. And we thank you that our tomorrows are greater than our yesterdays. And we claim this and we praise you for it. Give Jesus a hand of praise this morning. Thank you for letting me preach to you. Pastor Rob's coming back. Well, the Lord's great. Did you receive that word today? Yeah. I'll tell you what it feels like. Yesterday, I experienced something that only one time in my entire life have I ever come close to feeling it. And it was when I was a teenager and one of my friends tried to drown me. That's another story. We'll tell that one. He was training to be a lifeguard, and we needed a lifeguard to save me from him. But anyway, yesterday we, we ran the word. Yesterday was a lot of fun. And the very last obstacle of the warrior dash was this mud pit. Uh, the mud was about this deep on me, and it was gumbo clay mud. It was kind of quicksand and concrete mix feeling and you know you just you try to stay on top of it but you'd put your hand down like this and your hand would just go and keep and there was nothing but that mud as far as you could go we went into taco bell afterwards still had mud all in our hair and all over our face i don't know if they knew what to think about that but crawled under bob wire in this mud i got under the first bob wire got under the second one in this mud. My heart rate was racing about 110%. Got under the third bob wire, got under the fourth one, and just under that fourth bob wire, I had about three feet to go. I'd gone 30. I had gone at least 30 feet. It's something inside of me said, that's it for me. That's it for me. I mean, I am in the middle of this mud pit with about a hundred other people, with more people diving in, and I can't go any any. This it. I'm through. I'm through. I'm in the middle. I'm through. I was so through that Brother Rocky thought that I was having a medical condition. Matter of fact, there were people on the sides wondering if they needed to get the medics. Brother Rocky said I I started. Running around the fence, I was coming to take care of her. Gary McCall in his overalls walked over there. And he was looking over at me. He's like, you okay? By the time I rolled over on my back, and I'm thinking to myself, self, you are not coming out of this mud pit. I had absolutely nothing left. Nothing. Couldn't make my arms go. As much as I wanted to go, that three more feet, just three more feet. I just could not bring myself to do anything but sit-ish 
like lay sprawled. I had a leg over here and it was stuck. I had a leg over here, everything was stuck. You know what I'm talking about. Gary was standing there and there was another guy there that had just come out of the pit and stranger turned around and looked at me and said, man, do you need help getting, getting positioned? I'm like, I'm thinking I need some help. There's another guy coming past me. He stopped that guy. He said, hey, man, grab a hand, man. Let's, let's get him back upright. And they stood me up and I was able to crawl my way out the last, the last few feet once they got me back up, got me back positioned. I was able to push off that one more time and climb out. You know what I feel like today is? I feel like today is the day that Pastor Tim came to triumph. It said, do you need to be repositioned? You're coming out of this mud pit. Come on, somebody. In your life, there are opportunities in every one of our lives to get stuck in the mud of our circumstance. And I feel like Pastor Tim drove from Siloam today to tell all of us, it's going to be okay. We're going to get you out of the mud pit. We're going to get, come on, one more time. Push one more time. Come on. Push one more time. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. It is our tradition.